Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, Stories to Fall Asleep to, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. So, I actually recorded this to be episode 3, and I finalized it and everything, but for some reason, I didn't schedule it to ever post, so this is out of order alphabetically, but it still works. I've also opened up this podcast to accepting sponsors and sponsorships, um, so we will see how that works. I'm using uh, Buzzsprout, so they might insert an ad. I don't know how that's going to work out. This is still a very small podcast. I just kind of wanted to see, you know, how, how things go. So let me know if it is too distracting, and uh, we will we'll try to figure something out. But continuing on, today's zodiac sign is Taurus, and their symbol is the bull. So Tauruses are born between April 21st through May 20th. They are grounded, sturdy, and desire social and corporate stability. Taurus are also interested in the beauty of the natural world, but they do enjoy extravagance as well. They tend to be prone to anger. Our story for today has a lot of beautiful imagery, which I feel could certainly symbolize the Taurus, but if nothing else, it's an entertaining story about a bull. Today's validation space comes from mentalhealth.gov. The myth is, I can't do anything for a person with a mental health problem. The actual fact is, friends and loved ones can make a big difference. In 2020, only 20% of adults received any mental health treatment in that past year, which included 10% who received counseling or therapy from a professional. Friends and family can be important influences to help someone get the treatment and services they need by reaching out and letting them know you are available to help, helping them access mental health services, learning and sharing the facts about mental health, especially if you hear something that isn't true, treating them with respect just as you would anyone else, and refusing to define them by their diagnosis or using labels such as crazy, This myth directly connects with this podcast and my mission to normalize talking about mental health issues and supporting those who need professional help. But I'm trying to keep this validation space short, so we will move on. And before we begin, let's start with a brief mindfulness exercise. Close your eyes and take a posture that is relaxed, taking care to keep your back and neck in alignment. As you get situated, really notice your body, feeling the weight of your body on the chair, the bed, the floor, or wherever you may be in this moment. Notice the position of your feet and any sensations you can feel with them. Locate your legs and the blunt pressure on whatever seat you are on. Feel any sensations in your arms and make sure your shoulders are soft. Where are your hands resting? What are they feeling? Acknowledge any tension that you feel in your muscles and allow your body to express itself, being present in the moment. Just be aware of the tension or whatever may be happening in your body. Simply note the communication with a simple thought of, I hear you, that's how it is right now. Bring your focus to your breath 
but don't alter it in any way. Just feel your body's natural rhythm as you inhale and exhale. Feel the oxygen enter your lungs, that slight hitch between inhale and exhale, and the sensation of the air exiting your lungs with another micro moment between breaths. Let's extend our awareness to our mind. What thoughts or feelings or perceptions are present right now? Again, we are just noting these thoughts and feelings in this moment. Don't try to push or shut down any sense of discomfort or unpleasant feelings, but don't dwell on them either. Simply validate them with a simple acknowledgement, such as, that's okay, that's how it is right now. Keeping the connection you have with your body, reach your hands above your head, stretching your arms. Tense up the muscles as you breathe in and hold them in place for just a moment. And now, as you release the breath, relax your muscles and place your arms back to where they were resting comfortably before. Let's repeat this once more. Raising your hands above your head, tense your muscles in your arms and shoulders as you breathe in and hold the position as you hold your breath for just a short count of four. Then release your breath as you release your muscles and rest your arms back to where they were. Now focus back to your breathing and notice how you can relax by taking slow deep breaths in and releasing your breath slowly out. Breathe in, hold your breath and breathe out slowly. Breathe in, and out. Keep breathing deeply, gently, and slowly. Now notice your whole body as being present. Be aware of every part at once, as best you can, as you continue to softly and deeply breathe in and out. If you are preparing yourself for bed, continue to breathe in and out. And just listen to my voice, but do not follow. If you need to ready yourself to get back to your day, then let us now widen our spatial awareness by using our other senses. What sounds do you hear in the room other than my voice? Are there any smells you can recognize? Feel the item on which you are resting with all of your body and imagine it in your mind. Try to picture it as accurately as you can without opening your eyes just yet. And now, take a deep breath in on an inhale of four. Hold your breath for a count of four. And on an audible sigh, release your breath as you open your eyes and fully come back. And now, here's the story. The Black Bull of Norway, a Scottish folktale first published by Robert Chambers in 1842. In Norway, long time ago, there lived a certain lady, and she had three daughters. The oldest of them said to her, Mother, bake me a bannock and roast me a collop, for I am going away to seek my fortune. Her mother did so, and the daughter went away to an old witch washerwife and told her purpose. The old wife bade her stay that day and look out of her back door and see what she could see. 
she saw not the first day. The second day she did the same, and saw not. On the third day she looked again, and saw a coach and six coming along the road. She ran in, and told the old wife what she saw. Well, quoth the old woman, yon's for you. So they took her into the coach, and galloped off. The second daughter next says to her mother, Mother, bade me a bannock, and roast me a collop, for I am going away to seek my fortune. Her mother did so, and away she went to the old wife, as her sister had done. On the third day, she looked out of the back door, and saw a coach and four coming along the road. Well, quoth the old woman, yon's for you. So they took her in, and off they set. The third daughter says to her mother, Mother, bake me a bannock, and roast me a collop, for I am going away to seek my fortune. Her mother did so, and away she went to the old witch. She bade her look out of her back door, and see what she could see. She did so, and when she came back, said she saw naught. The second day she did the same, and saw naught. The third day she looked again, and on coming back, said to the old wife, She saw naught but a great black bull, coming crooning along the road. Well, quoth the old witch, yon's for you. On hearing this, she was next to distracted with grief and terror, but she was lifted up and set on his back, and away they went. Aye, they travelled, and on they travelled, till the lady grew faint with hunger. Eat out of my right ear, says the black bull, and drink out of my left ear, and set by your leaving. So she did as he said, and was wonderfully refreshed. And long they rode, and hard they rode, till they came in sight of a very big and bonny castle. Yonder we must be this night, quoth the bull, for my elder brother lives yonder. And presently they were at the place. They lifted her off his back, and took her in, and set him away to a park for the night. In the morning, when they brought the bull home, they took the lady into a fine shining parlor, and gave her a beautiful apple, telling her not to break it, till she was in the greatest strait ever mortal was in, in the world, and that would bring her out of it. Again she was lifted on the bull's back, and after she had ridden far, and farther than I can tell, they came in sight of a far bonnier castle, and far farther away than the last. Says the bull to her, Yonder we must be this night, for my second brother lives yonder. And they were at the place directly. They lifted her down and took her in, and sent the bull to the field for the night. In the morning they took the lady into a fine and rich room, and gave her the finest pear she had ever seen bidding her not to break it till she was in the greatest strait ever mortal could be in, and that would get her out of it. Again she was lifted and set on his back, and away they went. And long they rode, and hard they rode, till they came in sight of the far biggest castle, and far farthest off they had yet seen. We must be yonder tonight, says the bull, for my young brother lives yonder. And they were there directly. They lifted her down, took her in, and sent the bull to the field for the night. In the morning they took her into a room, the finest of all, and gave her a plum, telling her not to break it, till she was in the greatest strait mortal could be in, and that would get her out of it. Presently they brought home the bull, and set the lady on his back, and away they went. And aye they rode, and on they rode, till they came to a dark and ugsome glen, where they stopped, and the lady lighted down. Says the bull to her, Here you must stay, till I go and fight the old one. You must seat yourself on that stone, and move neither hand nor foot till I come back, else I'll never find you again, and if everything round about you turns blue, I have beaten the old one. But should all things turn red, he'll have conquered me. She set herself down on the stone, and by and by all round her turned blue. Overcome with joy, she lifted one of her feet and crossed it over the other. So glad was she that her companion was victorious. The bull returned and sought for her, but never could find her. Long she sat, and aye she wept till she wearied. At last she rose and went away, she didn't know where. On she wandered till she came to a great hill of glass that she tried all she could to climb, but wasn't able. 
Round the bottom of the hill she went, sobbing and seeking a passage over, till at last she came to a smith's house. And the smith promised, if she would serve him seven years, he would make her iron shoon, wherewith she could climb over the glassy hill. At seven years' end she got her iron shoon, clomb the glassy hill, and chanced to come to the old washerwife's habitation. There she was told of a gallant young knight that had given in some clothes, all over blood to wash, and whoever washed them was to be his wife. The old wife had washed till she was tired, and then she set her daughter at it, and both washed, and they washed, and they washed, in hopes of getting the young knight. But for all they could do, they couldn't bring out a stain. At length they set the stranger damsel to work, and whenever she began, the stains came out pure and clean. And the old wife made the knight believe it was her daughter had washed the clothes. So the knight and the eldest daughter were to be married. And the stranger damsel was distracted at the thought of it, for she was deeply in love with him. So she bethought her of her apple, and breaking it, found it to be filled with gold and precious jewelry, the richest she had ever seen. All these, she said to the eldest daughter, I will give you on condition that you put off your marriage for one day and allow me to go into his room alone at night. The lady consented, but meanwhile the old wife had prepared a sleeping drink and given it to the knight, who drank it and never wakened till next morning. The live-long night the damsel sobbed and sang, Seven long years I served for thee, the glassy hill I clomb for thee, thy bloody clothes I rang for thee, and wilt thou not waken and turn to me? Next day she knew not what to do for grief. Then she broke the pear, and found it filled with jewelry far richer than the contents of the apple. With these jewels she bargained for permission to be a second knight in the young knight's chamber. But the old wife gave him another sleeping drink, and again he slept till morning. All night she kept sighing and singing as before. Seven long years I served for thee, the glassy hill I clomb for thee, the bloody clothes I rang for thee, and wilt thou not waken and turn to me? Still he slept and she nearly lost hope altogether. But that day, when he was out hunting, somebody asked him what noise and moaning was that they heard all last night in his bedchamber. He said, I have heard no noise. But they assured him there was, and he resolved to keep waking that night to try what he could hear. That being the third night, and the damsel being between hope and despair, she broke her plum, and it held far the richest jewelry of the three. She bargained as before, and the old wife, as before, took in the sleeping drink to the young knight's chamber. But he told her he couldn't drink it that night without sweetening. And when she went away for some honey to sweeten it with, he poured out the drink, and so made the old wife think he had drunk it. They all went to bed again, and the damsel began as before, singing, Seven long years I served for thee, the glassy hill I clomb for thee, thy bloody clothes I rang for thee, and wilt thou not waken and turn to me? He heard and turned to her. And she told him all that had befallen her, and he told her all that had happened to him. And he caused the old washerwife and her daughter to be burnt. And they were married, and he and she are living happy to this day, for aught I know. And just a note, there is a variant of this story that confirms that the knight was the black bull all along. There are a lot of different variants of this story, so if you're interested, there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story. 